Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast for hour number two. We talked the fight game now with Mafia. Brian Ciano joins us to get into it. All right, uh, the odds for uh, 262 are out. Tell me about uh, these numbers for Oliveira, Chandler, the Darius-Ferguson fights. What do you got? Well, Chandler is a slight favorite here. You know, the guy who was the UFC veteran you talked about yesterday, you seem to like Chandler, uh, Oliveira from what you were saying. He is a minus 134 favorite, Chandler plus 110. So I think a lot of that is about, you know, the different aspects of the game that Oliveira has. He has a little length. He has a little extra height. So I think people are expecting him to use those longer limbs to kind of keep Chandler at bay maybe. But it's not a huge edge. It's not, you know, a 2-1, to 3-1, to 4-1. to one. So they're giving him a slight edge, but they're still respecting that power of Chandler. And then, of course, Darius, a minus 165 against Ferguson, who's plus 135. Again, this is a situation where, you know, we've seen Ferguson lose two in a row. If this was, say, two, three years ago, maybe you have Ferguson and then, you know, those lines are switched, reversed. But because Ferguson is kind of slipping down after two losses in a row, the way he was just, you know, tossed around by the wrestler in Oliveira, well, not even the wrestler, the jiu-jitsu, you know, master in Oliveira, tossed him around like a wrestler, like a rag doll. So now you got a guy in Darius who likes to do the wrestling game, who likes that, you know, Eastern European kind of style of, of throwing guys around. So I think that's why they're favoring him right now in this fight. So are you leaning away from Ferguson? Uh, are you going with this Darius midweek? I am going with Darius. After I saw the way that Ferguson couldn't stop the takedowns, now obviously he is a great fighter. He's going to be smart. He's not going to say, okay, well, you know, I'm still fine. I'm just going to do exactly what I do. He's going to go and work on that, I'm sure. I'm sure that's something, you know, you're going to break down the tape. You're going to see what your opponent likes to do. You're going to try to neutralize that. I just don't know if he has it in him to make that big change from the Oliveira fight to Darius's fight and be able to, you know, avoid getting tossed around like that. Maybe a little bit, but I don't know if the whole fight he can keep himself from getting on the mat and getting pinned down there. All right, John Jones shoots down the talk of a Miocic fight next. Uh, He said he's willing to wait. Is he playing the right card here? Probably. I mean, because we know that if he loses this fight, then you don't get the chance in Nagano. That's the whole thing. He he wants to have all the, you know, chips in his hand. If he fights Stipe and somehow loses that fight, then all of a sudden, where do you go from here? You know, you put him against some of these other guys. The, the heavyweight division isn't exactly stacked right now. There's some guys in there. There are other guys he could fight. He could fight a Cyril Gaon. He could fight a Volkov. There are guys out there who would be interesting, but they're not going to get the payday that he's going to get if he fights Nganu. And that's what he's looking for. That's what it's all about for him right now is his payday. That's why he's trying to hold out. That's why he's claiming he wants $30 million. So he's not going to go sell it for a different fighter right now. Sure, Stipe is still bringing a pretty good payday. Probably not as good right now since he's no longer the champ. But, you know, John Jones wants to wait and try to make that big money and thinks that, you know, if the UFC goes ahead with this Nagano-Lewis fight and then he's sitting there and they've talked about wanting him to do that fight with him and Nagano, that just makes it even juicier for him and gives him more bargaining power. Of course, then, like he always does, he went a little too far on Twitter and said that people want to see some black-on-black crime, but those tweets have now been deleted because he realized how dumb he sounded. 
Wow, I didn't know about all that. So Conor McGregor is the highest paid athlete in the world, according to Forbes, with $180 million in total earnings for the year. $158 million came from uh, sources outside the UFC. Now, we've heard different numbers on the sale of his whiskey from, you know, $120 million to $600 million. I-, I can't keep track of all of it. I got to tell you, I am stunned that he's the highest paid athlete in the world. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, strictly because of that, you know, alcohol sales, you know, if it wasn't for that, he would be far below a lot of these other guys. But because he made all that money as the majority, you know, owner of the whiskey of proper 12, that's where this all comes into play. If this was last year, if this was next year, it's not going to be the same. You know, he's going to have endorsements from them. He's going to have other things. He's going to have that, you know, 22 million he made in that last fight, allegedly with Poirier and whatever he makes this year in that, you know, extra, the second fight, That'll chip in, will put him up on that list, but not nearly as high if he doesn't have that big sale. I mean, that is crazy. We welcome in our radio affiliate Sirius XM Channel 204, Mightier 1090 in San Diego. Nair to you, wanna do you wanna? Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio, Who Ra, Soldier, Who Ra, it's Pharrell, Coast to Coast. Good to have you with us. We're talking the fight game with Mafia. So, I mean, uh, I get it uh, with all the outside income and endorsements and everything else. But, like, when I think of, uh, you know, the highest-paid athletes, i got to be honest with you, I'm thinking about guys that, that uh, have gigantic deals that are playing every day, every season, every week. These guys like Mahomes, these guys like Messi, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously Ronaldo, NBA players in Supermax deals. This guy fights once a year and makes more money than everyone in sports. Something's wrong with this picture. Yeah, that'll change when they put out the list for next year when he doesn't have this. I mean, then you'll have guys like Nadal and LeBron and, you know, Dak Prescott, who are some of the other big names that were in, you know, at least U.S. sports that were high up on that list in tennis and basketball and football. That's when those guys will creep back in when he doesn't have this big business deal. But, I mean, he made a smart play. He got involved with this. He built this product up off of nothing. And, you know, even though it wasn't something that a lot of people were given, like, you know, the highest regard to, because of his name, a lot of people bought it and it got the sale up there like you had with a lot of these celebrity uh, liquor companies before with them, you know, with guys like Ryan Reynolds and you know, George Clooney, all the money that they've made off of the same thing. He played that game and it worked out well for him. Listen, I don't uh, think he deserves to be the highest paid fighter in the UFC. Uh, in fact, I, agree. I don't think he deserves more money than uh, Dustin Poirier for this fight. I think Poirier should be rewarded with more money, kicked his ass. And I think, you know, it's ridiculous what they give this guy and what they don't give anyone else. They pay no one else. They pay one guy and he never wins. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. It makes me sick to my stomach, to be honest with you. Anderson Silva is finally admitting he's finished. Thank God someone's come to their senses. Yeah, a lot of people have felt that way for a long time. Yeah, There's only one win since 2013. We've all kind of felt that after the Wyman losses and they, you know, they kept piling up. But finally, he's admitting to himself, thankfully. All right, Lynn Worthy will join us next from the Kansas City Star. We'll find out what the problem is with the Royals. They've lost nine straight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, uh, we're going to go to uh, Detroit Rock City now. We've got uh, Lynn Worthy on the line from the great Kansas City Star covering the Royal Series with the Tigers. Uh, it's great to have you on the show, Lynn. Let's talk, first of all, about what the hell has happened to the Royals over the last couple of weeks. They've dropped nine in a row, and the last time they won a game, I think, was the 1st of May. Yeah, they went from, you know, sort of the surprise best team in baseball as far as record to now they're under 500. Um, they seem to just not be able to win a game. They, they went 0 for a homestand. Um, and last night when it looked like maybe they had finally sparked something, they rallied from seven runs down. They still ended up getting walked off in that game. So it's just um, complete 180 from where they were uh, about uh, 10 days ago. So, like, uh, when you saw them in the series with the Indians uh, starting to have trouble, like, on, you know, uh, last Monday, whatever, and then Tuesday they lose to them again, and did you start feeling like uh, it was slipping away a little bit because they got swept in the four games at home at the K by the Indians? Did you sense there was a problem brewing? Well, I think, you know, that when they were 16 and 9, it was one of those where it was like, okay, they're, they're probably not, you know, you, you didn't expect them to keep that up the whole time. And then the, first, the beginning of that series with the Indians, you, you threw a rookie out there. Daniel Lynch made his first big league start in that first game of that series. So, you know, he had the jitters. He had never pitched in the big leagues before. There was, you know, so you could give him that one and say, all right, well, that was a little bit of rough sledding. But then after that, it just sort of – it is – just sort of piled on top of each other, whether it was, you know, they had this this stretch, you know, before that where um, one-run games, they, they had been 6-0 and in their first six one-run games, and yet something that you can't sustain. Um, they had this long streak going back 60 games where they hadn't uh, lost if they were leading after the seventh inning, and they lost a game in the last couple of innings. So it was just sort of piled up. You knew they weren't going to be able to keep everything up, but you didn't see it all falling apart as fast as it had. So uh, can you remember a time, Lynn, that they dropped seven straight games at the K where they just, I mean, because the White Sox followed up the Indians and beat their ass in three. When's the last time they played that bad at home, especially when they were playing so well since the jump? I'm trying to remember exactly what the, the, the number is on that, but I know that um, back in 19, the last full season, they had some rough stretches. And early in that year, they had some rough stretches where the bullpen had, was just hurting them a little bit. Um, but it, it seems like right now it's happening in different ways, and that's maybe the most frustrating part is you've seen defense give up some runs and, and not be able to support pitchers. You've seen the offense this last uh, – this, during this, this losing streak up until last night when they scored seven – 
They've been averaging a little less than three runs a game. Um, you've seen starters get roughed up. You've seen the bullpen cough some stuff up. So it's it's that's the thing that's been most frustrating, I think, for fans and just to try and put a finger on it. It'd be one thing if it was just like, okay, you know, the starters just aren't coming through. But you've seen it happen in multiple ways um, over this stretch. So I think that's that's the thing. And it's, you know, like I say, in the past, it might have been there been one area that you knew was a weakness, and then that area came back to haunt you, whether it was the bullpen or something like that. And, and so it wasn't really a surprise. But now areas you thought you had seen some progress in um, have taken a step back just in this last, you know, nine days. Right. So let's uh, talk about – I think Duffy's kind of been one of their best pitchers. He's going tonight against the kid, Mize. Should be an interesting matchup uh, at Comerica. I mean – they lose last night on the walk-off, and, I mean, the way they're playing, and it's amazing because they're taking on, I think, basically the worst team in baseball, and they've already lost the first game of the series to them. I mean, I, I think tonight's really important that Duffy beats his team. Otherwise, things are going to spiral even worse. I think Duffy Duffy coming out and just, you know, and he's been, he was, he's been lights out most of the season up until his last start. His ERA was like 0.6. I mean, he, he'd just been dealing all year. So I think he comes out tonight and shuts down the Tigers. Then maybe there's, you know, some optimism that they turn this thing around because the Tigers, like you said, have the, the worst record in baseball. They came in here, the Royals did just a couple weeks ago and swept them in a four game series, which was the first four-game road sweep that they'd had in, uh, I think it's more than a decade. I, I forget what the exact date is on that one, but that that was, you know, like one of those, you know, you had to check the, the, the record books to see when they had done that. So I think if they come out tonight, play well behind Duffy, get a win, then you could start to maybe get some momentum building with another game here tomorrow and a quick turnaround and turn things around. Now, you drop it, and then you got Lynch coming back tomorrow off of two shaky starts, and then maybe things start to look like here here it goes again, and you start talking about double-digit you know loss. So I think tonight's going to be a pivotal game. I mean, it is. I don't know how you you sort of work around that. That it's it's a pivotal game because it can sort of swing things one way or the other. Yeah, I want to see the kid Mize pitch tonight uh, for Detroit. I've heard so much about him. I want to see how he handles his business uh, on the mound. Uh, I have to tell you, it doesn't get any easier. They play again tomorrow there, and then Friday uh, they have a double header on the south side of Chicago against a first-place White Sox team that just swept you at the K. Uh, it's got to be tough to like be on the road and then go play a double header to start the weekend in Chicago against that tough team. It doesn't get any easier for the Royals. No, and they've and they've just had bad luck against Chicago going back for a while now. I mean, last year the Royals, you know, they felt like they took a step forward in that shortened season. And the real difference in that entire season, you know, was was really Chicago. I mean, they were they were one and nine against Chicago. If they'd gone five hundred against Chicago, they could had a five hundred record for the season, but they didn't. They went one and nine. Then you know they had uh, they, they split the games here, uh, not here, but in Chicago um, early in the season, and then you know, obviously get swept at home. So Chicago's been a team, obviously a team that's been a favorite to, you know, coming into this season to win the division. Some people pick them to win the AL. They feel like they could come after this team. You know, they were talking a lot in spring training about feeling like they can compete for the division. So um, this is going to be, you know, a big stretch here coming, you know, whether this losing streak just sort of carries over and snowballs and piles up or if they can get things turned around against Detroit and then, have something more representative against Chicago. But if if 
if things sort of nosedive here in Detroit and then going to Chicago, it could be a rough, you know, it could be a rough two weeks you're looking at when you think about it. So, Lynn, uh, our producer, uh, Ty, is a huge Royals fan and works in Kansas City, and uh, he's always giving me the business about the Royals. What he doesn't know is is that, uh, at least I don't think he does, in 85, I went to the World Series and saw Brett Saberhagen and the Royals beat the Cardinals, thanks to Don uh, Denkinger. And then the next year, I was an intern at KCTV5 in Kansas City, and I was out there every single night for the entire season with those giant moths flying around the K. So I do have, and my uncle lives in Kansas City. I got Kansas City flavor in me. I got Gates barbecue in my veins, Lynn. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and, and there's still there's still some optimism. I mean, like, I think if they get this thing turned around, because the one thing is, like we said, they had the best record in baseball. Were they that, that good a team? Probably not best record in baseball material for, you know, the full season. But they, they felt like they made some improvements in this offseason. You, you start talking about you had a guy like Carlos Santano, Andrew Benintendi, um, you know, to, to make some of the moves that they made, to bring in a guy like Mike Meyer just to give you a veteran innings type guy in the rotation. Um, they felt like they took a step forward. They got off to a good start. They looked good in spring training. So I think, you know, if they can just get out of this funk, and, and really April had been the bugaboo for them the last couple of years. They, they'd had – seasons where really April just sort of sidetracked anything that they wanted to try and do. Um, even last year in a shortened season, obviously it wasn't April, but I mean, getting out to a three and 10 start sort of just handicapped them right off the jump. Um, so they, they got that out of the way this year and now it's just a matter of, okay, can they get back on track? There's still only two games under 500. So, um, like I say, this is a pivotal stretch here where there's still some reasons for optimism and they can still sort of get into a, a decent spot. All right. All right, we'll see what they do. I, I look forward to Duffy and Mize tonight. Lynn, thanks so much for coming on Coast to Coast. Great stuff. Thanks for having me. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So the uh, Padres and Rockies are in uh, the first game of the doubleheader at Coors. It's 1-1 in the sixth. Padres have the bases loaded with two outs. Reds beat the Pirates 5-1 in 10. Cover! Mets over the Orioles 7-1 at City. Cover! Indians in 10, 2-1 over the Cubs. Cover! On fire today, Carver High, hitting the day ball bets in baseball. And why don't we stay on baseball now and talk about everything that shook out last night? 
Yeah, you'll have to stay on, keep the train rolling tonight. We've got a lot of games. We are going to get to them first. The Dodgers came back to beat the Mariners last night, 6-4. to four. They needed it badly. Seattle bullpen wasted a great effort by Kikuchi, who had 11 Ks in the game, but then he went out, and the Dodgers went to work. Here it is, Gavin Lux, the three-run homer that put him ahead for good on Sportsnet LA. The 1-0. Lux kills the ball. Your boy, Gavin Lux from Boogie Nights. The great Ah. Joe Davis on Sportsnet LA right there. Joe got excited for that one. Good for him. Uh, The Dodgers, despite their slow start, still the favorites, as they should be, I think, to win the World Series at FanDuel. Here we go. Plus 320 right now. The Dodgers to win it all. And there's the Yankees right there at second. That's probably a little bit more questionable for me. Seven to one, eight to one Padres, nine and a half to one Mets. And then you get the White Sox, Braves, Astros, Brewers. Guess there's not a lot of faith in the Giants to keep up that best record in the National League right now. Huh? I mean, they're not even listed. <laughs> Not even listed on the board, uh, but it is a long summer. There is a long way to go, and the Dodgers are still your favorites. The Padres, you said, in the doubleheader with Colorado, they beat them 8-1 to last night. As we know, Fernando Tatis Jr. in the health and safety protocols, a couple other guys on the Padres went on it as well. I've got more Yankee news for COVID protocols too, Scotty, in a moment. But first, let's hear from Jace Tingler saying Tatis Jr. crushed that he has to set out these games with COVID. Naturally, you're, um, you know, you're punched in the stomach a little bit. You know, you, you, you first of all want to make sure, um, you know, for, for, you know, certainly Tatis in this situation, is he feeling okay? Um, and, you know, it was good to kind of see him, uh, you know, over FaceTime and, uh, you know, he's, he, he, he's feeling well. Uh, I mean, he's crushed. He's crushed, you know, inside, mentally, you know, things like that. Um, you know, at the same time, um, it's almost, uh, you know, for, for, for our guys here, we got a chance to pick him up. Uh, we got a chance to, to, to pick it up a little bit. I mean, they did last night rocking with Machado, but he's had everything now. The labrum uh, problems and now COVID. I mean, this guy's just had it all happen to him and they've only been playing since April. Uh, it's amazing what he's been through already. It certainly has. The Astros beat the Angels 5-1 to one last night, but who cares? Angels, it doesn't matter if they win or lose every night, Scotty. It just matters what Otani does. He struck out 10 in seven innings. Then he went and played the outfield after he pitched uh, to stay in the game and get another at bat. Here's Joe Madden. Like I said, wins and losses, who cares? Otani was outstanding. He looked spectacular. He uh, was not... <laughs> overwrought with sliders and splitters he uh, challenged with a really good fastball and i think he hit 99 on that gun in his last inning of work um and then then you know his at bats were good again and he, yeah i'm good to go play right field because they didn't didn't want to waste one at bat on him i was really anticipating one one into the top of the ninth and it didn't occur uh but i think his his full complement of talents were on display tonight it's incredible uh, what he's doing. There's no doubt about it. And he's getting uh, a lot of attention and gaining a lot of fans. But I'm with you. Uh, if you don't win, what's the difference? Like, it's fun every day. Like, I get it. Otani's, like, it's a, it's fun to watch. The guy's pitching. The guy's hitting. But can we win some games? 
I don't Let's win some games too. I mean, Madden's got the big smile on his face after a loss, five to one. Oh, Tani was outstanding. You just lost, Joe. Uh, pick it up a little bit. Now, the Mets did beat the Orioles this afternoon. They beat them last night, too. They had a big comeback, one in the eighth, two in the ninth. They took a win away from John Means. Here's Marcus Stroman after the game. Mets are starting to click. They certainly are after their seventh in a row today. The mentality and the confidence of this group has not wavered one bit, regardless of what's going around us with media and everything else. The, the confidence has stayed the exact same, whether we're winning or whether we're losing. Um, we're one family in that clubhouse. We're extremely tight-knit, and we know what we're capable of. So we're, we're able to weather storms. Except when you're fighting with each other. Our capability, and we know <laughs> we're able to bounce back with this type of talent, um, and we know we all have each other's back. So um, as, yeah, much as, it, as much as as much as it's crazy around us, it's, it's always extremely calm in the, in the clubhouse, man. Uh, like I oh, said, yeah. nothing really gets to us, and we're not worried about any of the external factors that try to play. No, no one's listening to you anymore. Like, did they just not have uh, their shortstop uh, getting in a fist fight with one of his teammates in the tunnel? Did that not just happen? He's talking about how their family – well, I guess families fight a lot. You're probably right, Marcus. Never mind. <laughs> yes, uh, I mean he got into a fight with the second baseman. What what was it that Harp said the other night? Because he doesn't like that he he takes ground balls away from him in the shift. Yeah, uh, I mean honestly, it, it, that's it's what did unbelievable. it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's what uh, did Noah it. The shift started that fight. Thor Thor did an interview in GQ where he says that baseball has gotten soft. Unwritten rules are pretty stupid. Said he loved what Trevor Bauer said a few weeks ago that guys should be allowed to show off after home runs. So Noah Syndergaard uh, in the same camp as Trevor Bauer on that. You talked with Craig Mish about that earlier. The Phillies beat the Nats last night 6-2. to two. How about Bryce Harper starting the game off with the big stick? Here it is on NBC Sports Philadelphia. And a high fly ball to deep right center field. It is gone into the second deck and then out. Bryce Harper, a solo home run, his seventh of the year, and the Phillies take a 1-0 lead. I'll tell you, some of his are not cheap this year. I mean, really, that's the thing that stands out to me, Carver High, is the, uh, the number of bombs that he's hitting. He's not just hitting home runs. He's hitting these mammoth shots. Remember the one he hit at Coors? It went right through the uh, stairwell to go down to get beer. He, like, knocked it into the second deck, and it went down the stairs. I mean, literally, this guy is shoving him all over the ballpark into the upper decks. He's going off. It's amazing to me, though. I know they're in it. I know they're right there with the Mets, so no question that they're decent. But uh, he is, I think, earning his money in Philadelphia uh, since they gave him that gigantic deal. I think he's a badass, and I don't understand. People people don't like him. It's the same thing with, like, uh, Westbrook. People don't like him, I think, because he's successful is what it uh, boils down to. People don't like it when uh, people are successful. They want to tear him down. I think uh, Bryce Harper's a badass. Uh, well, let's hope he keeps hitting all those home runs because we do have ourselves a big ticket on Bryce preseason to win the NL MVP. So we would like this to continue on, that's all for right. sure. The Indians right. beat the Cubbies 3-2 to two last night. Shane Bieber, 20th straight start with eight-plus strikeouts. Here is Cubs manager David Ross. He thought that the Cubbies missed some chances to get to Bieber last night. It didn't happen. Here's Ross. 
I mean, it definitely is a missed opportunity. Um, I think, you know, for me, we had really good at bats throughout the game. I think, you know, even early on, Duffy lines out to first, doubles doubles off Chris, a really nice swing. Uh, we got the bases loaded there. Uh, Vargi uh, is not able to put that ball in play, and then Sogi hits into the double play. Um, Ace stepping up at the bottom of the lineup, I would say, in that in that instance. You know, I thought we had good bats throughout the day. We, we put up some hits. We just couldn't, you know, break through with something something with somebody. So something in the gap with guys in scoring position or, or anything to fall, really. Thanks. Uh, that took a long while uh, to finally realize you lost the game with you rambling on and on. Thank you. He finally got there. Uh, there you go. David Ross, Cubbies. Yankees beat the Rays last night 3-1. to one. Here's your Yankee update uh, for tonight. Yankees now have seven confirmed COVID cases. Glaber Torres is out of the lineup tonight as they wait on his test result. All uh, COVID cases with the Yankees are asymptomatic, according to Aaron Boone. All seven people were fully vaccinated. Uh, the oh, three God. coaches that are confirmed are Nevin, Reggie Wiltz, and Matt Blake. They also have four support staff members who are confirmed positive, and Glaber Torres is are uh, pending. So Torres not in the Yankee lineup tonight uh, because of that. So the Yankees have a little bit of a COVID situation, even though they've got uh, everybody vaccinated. They have a little bit of a COVID situation with the Yanks right now. It's insanity. Yes, it is. Uh, A's beat the Red Sox 3-2 last night. Good performance from Bassett. The Tigers walked it off against the Royals. You talked about that earlier. The Cards beat the Brewers 6-1-11. and Paul Goldschmidt with a big two-run homer. The Pirates did beat the Reds last night. I know the Reds beat them this afternoon, but they did finally get to raise the Jolly Roger one day. The D-backs beat the Marlins again, Scotty, and here it is, our daily Diamondback celebration video. Here they go. David Peralta, cue it. <laughs> That's uh, I, my wife and all of her friends when they see me come home uh, from lifting weights. You know what this is starting to be like? It's like the Hurricanes. You know how they used to do the dopey celebrations at center ice after the games? Like the Diamondbacks got to put all these videos up. Uh, all right, when we come back, we have all the baseball tonight and schedule release in the NFL. That's a win, a win, loss, win, win. loss, <laughs> win, loss. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
So the Padres opened up a can. 5-2 now on the Rockies in game one of the doubleheader. Bottom of the sixth. Runner at second for the Rockies, but trailing by three runs. They'll play another one in the thin air tonight at Coors. And I'll just give you the tip on that one. I'm going to go with the Padres to sweep the doubleheader. That's right. They will have Blake Snell in the second game, Scotty. So Darvish and Snell, the two pitchers for the Padres today, they're minus a buck 52. You like them to sweep. The Phillies and the Nats again in D.C. tonight. Wheeler against Lester. Phillies minus 134. The Royals and the Tigers, Duffy and Mize, as you discussed earlier. The Royals, a road favorite tonight, minus a buck 54. And the Yankees, after a rare win down at the Trop against the Rays last night, they have Garrett Cole on the hill against Colin McHugh, minus 205 for the Yanks. You know, I got to tell you, with all the problems that they're having, uh, I don't see it. Uh, they got issues in every corner of that clubhouse with COVID. Torres now sounds like he's got it. Seven people have it. I mean, what a disaster. And they're all vaccinated that is creeping me out, I got to tell you, because, uh, you know, I got the shots, both of them, and I feel like I got freedom, no worries, no stress, I'm good to go. And obviously, uh, it's the other way around. You have no uh, choice but to be concerned about, you could be vaccinated and still get this thing. That is just crazy. I'm going to go raise tonight against Cole, believe it or not. And then I'm taking the Nats in D.C., and I'm taking Danny Duffy in Comerica against the Tigers. Royals snap their skid tonight. Also tonight, the A's are at Fenway again against the Red Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound for them. They are minus 148. We've got the Jays and the Braves in Atlanta. Hunjin Ryu against Max Freed, minus 122 for the Bravos. We've got the Cardinals and the Brewers tonight. Woodruff on the hill, minus a buck 94. And the Angels in Houston. No Mike Trout tonight. For the Angels, a rest day for him. Guess, like I said, they don't care about winning. They just want Otani to have a good night. Astros minus a buck thirty. Yeah, I like Rodriguez and the uh, Red Sox. He hasn't lost a game yet. They're my number one play tonight at Fenway against the A's. I like the Jays in Hot Town to get it done against the Braves. I'm going to go Brew Crew at home, and I'm on the Astros in H Town to beat the Angels. No Trout. They don't win anyway with him. Uh, I'm on Houston. Also tonight, we've got a couple of veteran lefties on the hill. Jay Happ and Dallas Keuchel in Chicago, minus 142 for the Sox. The Marlins are at uh, Arizona again against the D-backs. Zach Gallen on the hill, minus 168. We just want another David Peralta video. Give us the D-backs. And finally, the Mariners and the Dodgers tonight in L.A. Uh, Mariners have played very well against the Dodgers this year, but the heavy lumber, minus 275 for the Dodgers. Yeah, I I still am rolling with the Dodgers to get back uh, in a groove here. That was a huge win for them last night. I actually like the Marlins tonight in the desert against the D-backs. They can't dance every night. And I think it's the White Sox uh, to win tonight over the Twins. I like the way they're headed uh, in the direction that they're going. They're winning. They're in first. They're getting it done. They, you know, swept the Royals. Uh, I think La Russa's got a good team. It's definitely not the Twins season the way they've looked. Uh, I'll take the White Sox. All right, Scotty, it is NFL schedule release day. 
It is scheduled to be released at 8 o'clock tonight. Big television show. Uh, 95% of the schedule seems to already be released by reporters and everyone else on social media. So you probably don't even have to tune in for the big schedule release show tonight. But we will start you with week one because uh, it is cool. Let's see who's playing the first week of the season. We open with the Cowboys and the Bucks Thursday night football, the defending champs, a very good game. And then the early slate on Sunday, Eagles-Falcons, the Jets and the Panthers. So they get the Sam Darnold Bowl right out of the gate. We've got the Vikings and the Bengals, the Niners and the Lions, Jags-Houston, Seattle-Colts. Arizona in Tennessee, the Chargers are in Washington, and the featured game of the early 1 o'clock slate, the Steelers in the BLO against oh. the Bills. No oh. prime time this year. It is the big game at 1 o'clock on Sunday in week one. I mean, it's like me and you all over the place here. We got the Steelers and the Bills week one. We got the Islanders and the Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. This is a bad situation for coast to coast here. Honestly, I just wanted to say how much I hate you forever. <laughs> I hate your hockey team. I hate your football team. Go Penguins. Go Steelers. Uh, I think the Bills will win that game and cover Pittsburgh 11-0 to start the season last year. I've heard by the people that allegedly know that the Steelers have the hardest schedule in the yes. NFL. I don't know what's worse. predicting. Who has the hardest or easiest schedule in a sport that is completely unpredictable on Sundays, Mondays and Thursdays as well? Uh, the day that you think you have it all figured out is the day you'll get two games right and lose every bet you have in your hand. Uh, and suddenly everybody knows who's going to win, who's got the hardest schedule. Is there anything worse than this television show tonight after we already know every game that's being played today. Secondly, I wouldn't watch it if you paid me, even if I didn't know, because I can't stand people that think they know who's going to win the games, that no one knows who's going to win on Sunday. Even if it was Saturday afternoon, you wouldn't know who's going to win tomorrow because the NFL is completely unpredictable, including Every single one of these loudmouths on this network, including myself, who's a pain in the ass, and you, you don't know any more than the next guy either because Sundays is the day we all lose our money. The NFL is completely unpredictable. No one can ever figure out how they lost all their money by Sunday night and their wife leaves them on Monday with your best friend. Shut up with telling me who's going to win games. Shut up with telling me who's playing on Thanksgiving. Shut up with who's playing on the first Sunday night game. Shut up with the primetime Monday night, Thursday night games, because no one knows who's ever going to win any game. I hate you, Carver High, and your Bills and Islanders. Well, I hate you. You're going forever. to. You're going to hate me even more because I'm not done talking about it. I got more for you here. I mean, we're, we're not done, Scott. You're getting the Thanksgiving games. You're getting the London games. You're getting it all from me right now. In fact, I'm even going to let you chew on this for the next four months. FanDuel's put the lines up for week one. Let's do it, baby. The Bucks oh, minus six. <laughs> this is what matters. It's about oh. stacks. Come on, Titans minus two and a half. Jags minus one and a half in Houston. Uh, come on, we've got the Vikings minus three and a half in Cincinnati. We've got line, we've got action here, Scotty. Let's go. 
Give me the Jaguars in Houston. and uh, They got a rapist quarterback. I'll take the number with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what is the Bills spread against the Steelers? Uh, uh, the Bills and the Steelers I saw on FanDuel. Bills minus six and a half uh, was the opening line. Bills minus six and a half. There you go. That's a big number. Uh, that is a very big number. I thought that when I saw it too. That is a very large number. Uh, yeah, Bills but – they can beat them in Buffalo. Uh, I think the Steelers have a great defense. Uh, it'll be tested on the road with all those drunk lunatics because they're going to have a full house at that football game, and they haven't had fans in the NFL. So uh, that'll be a scene in the below. And uh, here's a couple other highlights for you. The most circled game on the calendar, no doubt, will be week four, Sunday night football. Tom Brady returns to Foxborough to face the Patriots for the first time. So week four, oh, Sunday night, Ollie. get the Kleenex out. Oh, yes, uh, get the Kleenex out. We will have that uh, for you uh, week four. The Jets and the Falcons and the Dolphins and the Jaguars will be the London game. So we are back in London in October. Jets, Falcons, Dolphins, Jags will be your contest. There they is are. Is there anything there. worse uh, than and uh, the London games? They're playing at the Tottenham Stadium, which is great. So what? Like, it, it, honestly, is there anything worse than the London games for anyone in America? No one cares at all in America when they play NFL games in London. No one can get through to Roger and his minions that no one gives a rat's ass. The games start at 9 in the morning. And everyone I know is doing something else. They don't watch the games. That's all. They don't have ratings for those games. No one cares about London. I mean, it's, is it not the dumbest thing ever, honestly? I don't, and their fascination with the Jaguars in London is also, like, nothing like inviting over the team that never wins to have your uh, exhibitions. They love, they are London's team, uh, the Jaguars right there. Now, I promise I'm almost done. Last one I'm going to give you is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, you love when you could turn the TV on and see the Lions starting the oh, day God. at 1230 in the afternoon, a traditional rivalry with the Bears Ugh. this year. Uh, Bears-Lions will start your day. Cowboys and Raiders as the turkey's coming out of the oven. And then we sit down for the main course, the Bills, down on Bourbon Street against the Saints. I will be tying one on heavy Thanksgiving night this year. Bills and Saints, we are getting involved on Turkey Day. And the Packers will host the Browns on Christmas Day. So Aaron Rodgers maybe against Baker Mayfield and the Browns on Christmas Day. There you go. I'm done. I promise. Oh, wow. Who's going to be the quarterback of the Packers this year is the question. <laughs> no, boy, that'll be great. Let's watch Jordan Love on Christmas Day against Baker Mayfield. Oh. I'd rather watch his wife. <laughs> Bucks general manager Jason Licht says he'd let Brady play until he's 50. Why not? We want as much Tom Brady as we can possibly get. Justin Jefferson says that Kirk Cousins has no swag and that he's afraid to take hits. The kid almost had like one of the biggest rookie wide receiver seasons ever last and he's year. He's slamming and his he's quarterback. Shots at the guy. Like we don't like Cousins either, but honestly, dude, like he guy had a monster year what and he still killed the guy. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, Urban Meyer says that Tebow looked like he was 18 years old again. 
during his workout with the Jags. Uh, Urban Meyer, he loves himself some Tim Tebow. The Eagles will have full capacity at the link this fall for all their games. We wanted to get their drunk fans back in the mix. Medina wait, the Packers Spirit. have signed. Wait, wait. The Packers have signed Blake Bortles. <laughs> there you go. So it won't be Jordan Love. You'll get Blake Bortles and Baker Mayfield on Christmas Day oh. uh, coming up this year in the NFL season. I'd rather have go. diarrhea. Bring the eggnog. Medina Spirit will race in the Preakness this Saturday after they reach an agreement. He will be in the third post. Uh, Pimlico is not going to hold Baffert accountable. Sure. He won't be there. There you sure. go. Velasquez on the three-horse. Yeah. Medina Spirit at 9-5. to five. Hey, Monster rubs, four in the 10. Rub some cream on his onions. Let's go, Medina. Yeah. Let's give him whatever he needs it. to win another race. Let's make Bob some more money. And finally today, uh, Rafael Nadal hints that he may skip the Tokyo Olympics. Him and everybody else in the world wants to skip the Tokyo Olympics. So Nadal not exactly breaking any new ground here. Everybody wants to skip the Tokyo Olympics. Except for Haro. He's going to go Except judge the hot dogs in Tokyo. <laughs> and Brianna Stewart signs with Puma. She will get her own signature shoe so you're gonna have to get chop little brianna stewart signature shoe let's go here listen calm down like honestly i have a pair of red pimp and pumas that from the 70s that i wear i mean they are rock star status but i would no more play basketball in pumas than fly a kite honestly don't you wear pumas to be cool not to play basketball i don't know i, I know they're trying to take over the basketball world good luck with that they can do it. Uh, listen, uh, there's a big monster they got to tackle, but they can get it done. Pumas are nice. I, I support everything that they do. Slow down. That's not happening. Uh, trust me. Keep <laughs> the Mambas coming. Give me more Kobe yeah. shoes. They're coming out with the new Pearl Trolls. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Carver High, U.S. commercial gaming revenue topped $11 billion in the first quarter of 2021. Yesterday, we told you New Jersey was tops in the country for March. Five-star, 23, quarterback Arch Manning, son of Cooper Manning, interested in visiting North Carolina. Here's the reality of it. He's visiting every single major power in the country in every state. He's going everywhere. That kid has got offers to go to every school in the country. Arkansas hires former Hoosier star Keith Smart as an assistant. He's been a coach in the NBA for years. 
Uh, and he's done college. He's done everything. He's a good coach. Colin Kaepernick publishing a book of essays focused on abolishing the popo. Get rid of the police is what Colin Kaepernick is saying. Wayne Gretzky sells his California mansion again, this time for $17 million. He's going to bag $4 million on the deal. He sold it to Lenny Dykstra once. Then we know what happened with Nails having too many eight balls in the pool over there out at the gazebo. <laughs> Maybe a couple of bottles of scotch and some pills. And then he mm. bought it back from him and he sold it again and, and cleaned four mil. Todd Frazier, the Todd father in a Twitter war with radio host Mark Madden, a friend of ours. Uh, boy, did they go at it, Carver High. Uh, the Todd father called Mark, quote, flounder end quote that is strong ever there boy the back and forth between those two was really nasty carver high yes it was how about the todd father getting involved on twitter uh, take a back seat my man relax tristan thompson's alleged hookup sydney chase cheers on male strippers sprays money and champagne uh, at a vegas strip club good for you girl olivia uh, Colpo celebrated her birthday by hopping on a stripper pole and putting on a show for Christian McCaffrey. I thought he was a holy man. Wisconsin lawmakers vote to uh, require the national anthem at sporting events. Jesus. Houston man allegedly had a Bengal tiger in his custody. They can't find the tiger. They got the guy, though. Demi Lovato going to host a new TV show about UFOs. Drake going to receive the Artist of the Decade 21 Billboard Music Award. And a man with 16 wives and 151 children says he still wants to have more. Jesus. Oh my God, what is going on there? The only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information. But we just call it The Edge. This is. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.